Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Rolling for JJ Williams into the 25. Williams kicks it on. This could be a try. Williams has scored! That little chip through by Gareth Edwards really caught the Springbok defence by surprise. Williams got his boot as he chipped ahead, kicked it through, the bounce went his way, and JJ Williams has put the line. Welcome to this week's episode of the Attacking Scrum podcast. Unfortunately, Wales back to losing ways this weekend, meaning we've only had two victories all year coming against Italy and Georgia. And guess what? It's Italy up again next week. So who knows? Maybe we'll have a victory to talk about this time next week. But in the meantime, it's time for me and Dan to... Well, it's it's another autopsy, Dan, I'm afraid, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's been a long long few weeks, isn't it? And it's going to continue, I think. Well, of that much, we can be sure. Um, crucially, though, uh, we got lots of listeners' questions in again, as we as we often do when it's the um, in the wake of the internationals. We like to hand the show over to the listeners. So the agenda is very much set by you guys this week, which is fantastic. But before we get into those, let's just have your your take in sixty seconds, Dan, of yesterday's game. Yeah, I thought it was quite a poor poor quality game really for the rugby neutral I mean I enjoyed it because it was it was combative really but it was you know stop start wasn't it very staccato I don't think either side got past three maybe four phases so you know three or four phases lots of kicking scrums you know shambles there line outs were poor it was it wasn't pretty was it and it led to to quite a quite a dire game, really. But like I said, I did I did still enjoy the the, the physical nature of it. Yeah, I, I'd agree with I'd agree with most of that, apart from the enjoying the game bit. I I feel like the rugby world at the moment is split into two camps, and you have the the kind of the old guards, the the Stephen Jones journalists of this world, who say that the you know the games 
gone to the pot and needs looking at it. Otherwise, you know, no one's going to, no one's going to ever watch it again. And then you tend to have the younger, trendier journalists, you know, our, the, the Ben James and the squidge rugby's of this world who all seem to be saying it's that, you know, this is, this is the game. You kind of got to deal with it. And for once I find myself siding with the Stephen James camp. I'm like, this is terrible to watch. It's, and it's not just because Wales are playing badly. The whole, the whole of the Northern hemisphere is, I don't know. It's uh I, I you must be the one person he hasn't blocked. Yeah, I know. I think it's only because he doesn't know because uh, he doesn't know I exist. And I, I only really follow him in like a kind of, um, you know, it's almost like a bit of a rubbernecking the way you, you look at a car crash um, kind of way. You, you know, you can't help but have a look every now and again. But I don't know, I'm, I'm kind of with him on this one. I just think the defences are, are so good. Um, analysts play a really important part of the game. And they do an incredibly good job at looking at the technical side of things, looking at organising defences and um, percentages, which you know has led everyone to believe that the right way to play in terms of winning is to play, uh, you know, to play a very kicking orientated game. And do you know what? That probably is the right way for winning. So my suggestion is, can we not change that? And we have a little few tweaks to the rules, which actually means that you're encouraged to, to keep the ball in hand. So I don't know. We'll. Um, I'd, I'd love to get your take on this. Yeah, it's, it's an interesting point. I know a good number of people are saying we need to make a, some sort of amendments to the rules just to see see more more running rugby. I mean, it's well documented with England, isn't it? They don't they want to they want to kick the ball away. Mm. They don't want the ball. They're, they're really really comfortable without it. I, I actually think they're pretty comfortable with it, really, as well. To be honest, I but, do um, as well. They yeah, it's it's more risky. So they've weighed up everything and, um, you know, it, it's, it works for them not to, you know, just to, just to boot the ball away and back the, you know, back the defence. And to be fair, that's what, that's what Gatlin liked to do as well, mm. didn't he? Keep the ball, keep the ball on the park, let them run at us. We'll force, we'll force a mistake. We'll back the, you know, we'll back the defence. So yeah, they, they don't make for great, great games, great spectacles. But if, I mean, I suppose what you have to, you have to, almost change your mindset don't you really and look at it as a as a tactical as a tactical game um of now some and and one trying to outsmart the other so i guess why squidge and yeah people like ben james and others like it is probably because they are analyzing the games mm. in a slightly different way then to to a fan would you know the more you look into something the more you'll see all oh, right that's why they're doing that and that makes perfect sense but actually so, so there, yeah, there are very, very two different split camps, aren't there? But I think that's one of the one of the main reasons why. I mean, children are often linked to this argument, aren't they? And a lot of a lot of a lot of kid, little ones aren't aren't interested in watching the games anymore because I mean, they find them really boring. And I, I get that. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, like, you know, you and I have watched a lot of rugby over the years, and you know, being a Dragons fan, a lot of it has been rubbish. But until until now, I, you know, I found myself this weekend thinking, do you know what? I've only got a limited amount of spare time across the course of a weekend. Would I, I you know, I'd rather, I'd rather watch the T20 cricket. I'd rather watch the, um, you know, I'd rather watch some of the football. I just found myself this weekend, you know, obviously I watched, I watched the Wales game and I was kind of excited about it, but not really. I don't know if this is just because Wales are in the doldrums and that's the, you know, that's, that's the feeling you get. But I, I, even when we were playing terribly under, under Gatland, you know, like you look back to 
autumn of 2012, we lost all those games, lost to Samoa. It was, you know, it was a, an absolute stinker of an autumn. I was still desperate for it to watch every single game. And I don't know, I, I may, maybe it's just me overreacting, but I think it's the fact that this tournament's been so lackluster as well. There's been very little in it for the neutral. It's not really a proper competition, is it? It's, it's just going to play out into, you know, a series of, essentially a series of friendlies against sides that you play every single year anyway so maybe that's part of it but all I'm you know all I'm thinking is you know if you get to the stage where I'm not excited about watching rugby and I've watched a lot of rubbish over the years then I don't know maybe maybe something's wrong but I look you know I'm only, I think I'm only one an person on it it's a very very strange times we're in at the moment as well aren't we and I think you know everyone's probably slightly more slightly more uh, emotional and worn out than, than any of us really realise I don't think it it definitely doesn't help, does it? Having nobody, no fans, no atmosphere. Um, yeah, that's true. So it, it's sort of again, it's, it's sort of where you can take yourself to really to get to get interested. You know, to get interested in it, it must be very difficult for the players as well. So it's an odd odd time, but certainly, you know, defenses are getting are getting tighter. They have been for years and years and years, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. And again, that's that's just why. And it's changing what of... we're watching. Yeah, and I just think a couple of you know a couple of uh, slight alterations could develop that into you know into something that then means okay, it's uh, the analyst's job is now to look at uh, opening up attacking opportunities. And uh, anyway, you know, we'll see. Yeah, whether, be a good point. Changes. See what yeah, it would think. maybe. Yeah, I'd love would love to get your thoughts on it. So please get in touch with us on Twitter at Attacking Scrum if you want to have your say. And lots of you have done that with questions uh, coming in from myself and Dan. And we're going to start with this one from Steve Davis. Uh, right. A lot of players have come to prominence in the English Premiership. Lewis Rees-Samet, Will Rowlands, Tom Francis, Lloyd Sheedy, Johnny Williams, uh, and, a, and a few more. Um, is the Pro 14 holding us back? Is it a suitable standard to step up for top international teams? That's a great question to get us underway. Yeah, it's a, it's a great, it's a very, very good question. I mean, from from Saturday, the boys that really that really stood out for for Wales, are, you know, are playing are playing over the bridge, aren't they, at the moment? But yeah, Pro Fourteen is not a great a great tournament, is it? And no. it's not competitive week in week in week out. That's been the case for a number of years, and may potentially it's getting it's getting worse on that in that regard. So yeah, the very fact that that the Welsh the Welsh camp always wanted the you know, needed the players for you know an extended period of time really to work on you know to really work on their fitness and that 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 says that says it all doesn't it I mean they needed the time to work with them get them up to up to speed but the conditioning that comes from playing from playing in the in the English Prem I mean they're they're full on battles aren't they week in week out. You've also got the atmosphere and the emotion, I think, as well, which is a big part to handle, because you get you can you can get emotionally tired. Um, you have to get used to you know used to the emotions as well of playing, and there's a lot of rivalry in that league, which we we've completely lost. Um, you know, we have the you know we we have Judgment Day, don't we, and you know a few of the other battles, but really the the rivalry's gone. It went it went a long time ago. So it's a good point. I think there's there's a lot in that. Yeah, it's not it's not a good enough league, is it? But what are the alternatives? No, well, uh, absolutely. I think we've 
Well, we know what the alternative we is. We know what the alternative is. We probably haven't got time to get into that and feel free to revisit any of our last pods from the last six months or probably longer, actually, to uh, to kind of see what we think about that. Um, but it's an interesting one because I think if you were to go back to, let's say, let's go back to the, the you know, the World Cup quarterfinals last year when we beat uh, when we beat France, right? Now, that side... I don't think you could say there was too many English uh, English based players in that, could you? So we got, you know, I think you had the um in fact let's dig up the side now. Look. Wynne Jones, Ken Owens, uh, obviously playing still playing in Wales, Tom Francis, yes. All Alan Wynne Jones, Wayne Wright, Tipperick, Navidi, all you know, were all playing in uh, in Wales at the time. Uh, Gareth Davis, Dan, Dan Bigger has moved across the bridge, but you know, played uh, has played the vast majority of his career. Over here, Josh Adams, of course, big stint at Worcester, Hadley Parks, Owen Watkin, George North, Liam Williams. So, you know, I, I don't know if you can say, I, I know the league isn't, isn't up to scratch. And again, I think Gatlin did a wonderful job, as we said before, of, of kind of beasting his players um, in order to get them, get them up to international standard when he, got, you know, when he had them in training. So although I don't think it's a suitable um, and ideal preparation that's not to say that players coming through there aren't good enough to play international rugby. I just think that what this uh, this kind of regime, the Pivac regime, has been trying to do, and quite rightly, is to grow the, that depth. And that includes essentially an exiles programme, isn't it, of looking at players like Rollins and uh, Johnny Williams, uh, you know, to, to a certain extent, Sheedy, players who either have Welsh heritage or uh, are, are Welsh and playing outside of uh, outside of Wales and, you know, trying to make sure we can entice them back into the setup. So, yeah, my thoughts are, no, it's not the, it's not the ideal preparation, but at the same time, I think a lot of the players coming through there are, have the potential to be good top international players. Yeah, they are. I think you also have to look at the, the coaching as well. It's a very... It's a different way of coaching, isn't it, it um, that's needed when you haven't got that out-and-out uh, top-class uh, sort of competitive competitive edge in the league. And then also because our teams don't tend to make the, the latter stages of the, of the Champions Cup, we don't have, the again, the same level of competitiveness there. Um, so, you know, Gatland was... Gatland and, and, and Edwards and co were aware of that, weren't they? And they... they they, I think they had to work with them very differently, not not only not only physically and from a fitness perspective, but also from a from a tactical perspective. I think keeping it, you know, keep keeping it very simple, keeping them focused on small uh, on small wins, uh, making it easy so everyone knew their roles. But also, and also a big part with that would be the mentality as well. Mm. You've got to have the mentality right. You know, you've got to believe you're gonna you. you you know, you're good. You're good enough to win, and everyone around you is good enough to 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 win as well. And you back every single one. Um, and I think he was a master of that. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. Right, let's move on. Let's take this one from Reese Lloyd. Have Wales put more than three phases together this autumn? What can be done between now and Six Nations to rectify this forwards issue? Yeah, <laughs> it, I don't think I can how, remember an example of more than three phases. Yeah, we we've barely gone past, but gone past three, have we or four? Certainly, we haven't had a good a, a good run of them, and it is really 
that's what also makes the games really difficult to watch, isn't it? But that's that's going back to the old question. What can we do? I think what we need to do is change the change the tactics up. So I was surprised again in this game and a number of the other games how we aren't. There's no pick and go mm. from the from the forwards, and it's worked very well against against England. I think it's worked well against Ireland in the past as well when we've done it, and because it just means that they. You know, it's difficult for their defensive lines to, you know, to adjust. And uh, as we've said, defenses are so so tight now that you you have to you have to do something different. And we've got we've got players that can carry in those tight channels quite nicely. So that that's something we can do. Pick and goes. Also, we still haven't used the wingers on the inside to play a little bit of a narrow game. Yeah. I think we're slightly wary of playing that narrow game against England and Ireland because they, they can smash people. But as we've shown against, against England this weekend, we can match teams physically if we're up for it. We that match was, certainly, half, the, that was certainly the positive, wasn't it? I thought physicality, was, that was yeah. the most physical Wales have been all autumn. They didn't look like they were just outgunned in terms of, particularly defensively. I didn't feel like we were losing every single collision, which was definitely a positive. I'd like to. Throw it's equally some of the most frustrating as well, isn't it? Because we know we can we can be we can be physical. We can be not be dominated. In the other games, we were bullied. Yeah. We were made to look small. Shouldn't have happened. I'd like to just revisit this part of the question with you, Dan, as well. What can be done between now and the Six Nations to rectify this forwards issue? Now, in the previous games, I think it had been a forwards issue, but to be fair to the forwards, I thought they put in a good shift this time round. And what I found you know, frustrating, and it goes back to what we were talking about at the start of the show, is there, there was no imagination really from the backs. We just thought, right, as soon as, as soon as we had the ball and went through a couple of phases, let's, let's hoist it up in the air. And I think, you know, it, this doesn't just lie solely with the forwards. I think, like you said, no, it doesn't. getting the wingers involved, uh, trying a few, um, a few different moves to unlock a defence. But does this all go back to the, to the point right at the start of the show? that it's just simply too risky to do that. Well, yeah, I think it, it, it's the overall game plan, isn't it? Because the, it's not purely on the forwards. Yeah, you need the backs. If the forwards are seeing the backs just just shipping the ball, shipping the ball out, and often we're going backwards, and then the, the forwards are, you know, that's very, very difficult for them to take mentally, isn't it? To start trucking it, you know, trucking it backwards, putting in a huge shift behind the ball line again, and then, you know, trying to trying to secure our own ball, and we just look so deflated when that tends to happen. So I think the ta- the overall tactics need to change between the forwards and the backs to 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 actually to actually help both parties. It's almost like the way that we're laying blame a little bit. To, oh, it's the forwards' fault, or mm. and the backs haven't looked creative. It they they they're joined, aren't they? And I yeah, think I yeah, found right. I found myself sometimes saying, well, you know, the the, back, the for the backs haven't had the platform, so we can't even really look at the. You know we can't question question the backs, but the the forwards the forwards certainly on Saturday did give us um, did give us some 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 good ball, didn't they? They you know a lot of the forwards played played well, I thought, and and you know did really compete. So yeah, we've got to look at changing the tactics up, and I think those narrower we know that we that Pivac likes to play in the wider channels, but the the, the narrow the narrow channels are being ignored and. Mm-hmm. They're really, really good channels for us to for us to um, to get some change from because a lot of teams know that we're just going to ship it. So if we just switch that up, it 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 it'll you know it should bear fruit for us and it'll make 
a little, make it a little bit easier for the forwards as well because their fitness is being really tested, isn't it? A lot of them are, are are being blown off blown off the park on the fitness charts because they're having to they're having to work so so hard. And I think just we just need to help you know help everyone out a little bit, make it a bit more cohesive, and from there we'll start to build some phases. And when you build phases, you build confidence, and just everything starts to become easier, and you're going forward and. If that's what it's about, isn't it? Well, that might tie in quite nicely with this next question, actually. This one's from Matt Cornelius. Why do we seem to play better when the subs come on, regardless of who they are? That does, yeah, that probably does tie in quite nicely. I think they're they're gonna be they're gonna be exhausted because of the way in which we're having to having to play, which is literally it's helter-skelter, isn't it? Balls in, it's being shipped, it's being shipped out. Uh, out into the the, the far channels, uh, we're going backwards. We're being knocked around. We can't build any phase play, so we're we're then kicking the ball. We're chasing. It's it's a tiring game to play at the best of times. But the way in which we're playing it, I think, is both mentally tiring and also physically as well. So when the players come on, you do see that bit of a that bit of a lift mm. coming through. Um, there's obviously going to be a lot more to it than that. But off the off the top of my head, yeah. What, what, what was your, your take on that, that question? I mean, I think it's varied from game to game. I think part of it, as you say, is playing a nutritional game plan. You are going to benefit from getting some fresh legs onto the park. I think that... Yeah, actually, just to butt in, I think a big part of it as well is that we've got the selections often wrong. So. <laughs> that's that's going to be my next point. <laughs> oh, is it? Yeah, exactly that. Yeah, I think exactly that. If you look at the look at the Ireland game where we had such trouble up front, particularly at the scrum, and then uh, and then Win Jones came on, and uh, I can't remember. It was Samson, wasn't it? It was Win Jones and Samson came on off the bench and and made a big difference there. I, that was de- that definitely had something to do with it. I think uh, you know we also look at the difference Lloyd made on that night by getting the ball away quickly from the uh, from the base of the ruck, where you know we've been kind of dallying a bit and trying to play a, a very a very box kick orientated game, but. You know, that said, he had a he had an absolute stinker. I thought yesterday, Lloyd. I thought it was one of his one of his poorest games for Wales. And, and you know, like you, I am I am a fan of his, but it was it was disappointing that um, that that's that's how he played. It, it, interesting case in point, actually, uh, Lloyd Williams, because he is one of those players who I always think he plays better, certainly for Wales, with twenty one on his back than he does with a nine on his back. Yeah, Honestly, over, over the years, I've always thought he's made an impact coming off the bench, but has uh, has kind of perhaps struggled to impose himself when uh, when he's when he's been in the nine jersey. I've often, yeah, I mean, with Lloyd because he's because he's got a, such a good rugby brain. I, I, when he does come off the bench, to me, I've thought that he's able to because he can read the game the game so well. He's looking at it from the sidelines and then able to to sort of work out what what will work well if that makes sense when he comes on. Yeah. Because you have you have you have a different perspective from the sideline. Um and that's because he's got he's got a lot going on going on upstairs. So yeah, I don't I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean it wasn't uh it wasn't a fantastic game by him yesterday. I thought that he you know he was quite quiet but they're they're not a they're not an easy pack to pay against. So I thought it was yeah, I thought he did okay. But um 
yeah, I know you're in a slightly different camp there. Yeah, I, 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 was, I was disappointed because I was, you know, I was hoping he was going to go out and have a and have a really strong game. And and like we said, you know, look like the look like the Lloyd we saw come off the bench against Ireland. But uh, yeah, just just some couple of you know struggled to impose himself on the game. Yes, and you know some box kicking that was very loose to start with. Uh, you know, the very first one of the game was way too long. Uh, and you don't want to be kicking long to to Johnny May, really. And um, you know, there's that, that that thing when the uh, the ball popped out the back of the ruck and he tried to tuck it back in. He was always going to get caught up on that one. And um, and yeah, some some loose passes as well, which is not something that you know that that we're used to seeing from him because he's a really you know his service is normally so good. But there we go. The other thing, just to finish before we go to a break on the the subs having more of an impact is, I would say, in some of the games, the game has already been won. And the opposition had taken the foot off the pedal. I don't think that was the case yesterday, but I think you look at Ireland, I think to a certain extent you look at the game against France and, and against even though the scoreline doesn't doesn't suggest it, I think it, you know, the, the subs made an impact because really the game had been, you know, the game had been won. But yeah, it's a mixture of that, plus, like you say, selection and uh, and an attritional game plan. That would be, I, I think, why um why the the subs have made uh, yeah, have made the difference in those in those fixtures right we're going to have a quick break now coming up in the second half we've got more listeners questions to get stuck into and of course we're going to look ahead to wales versus italy next week and uh, we're going to get dan's thoughts on whether he would make some changes uh, to the side that, uh, that took the field yesterday all of that coming up after this very quick break Dive into another listener question, Dan. This one's from Matt Armstrong. Um, if we continue to play pivot ball, in inverted commas, uh, which established players might not fit into this game plan and care to discuss any regional players that might fit the bill instead? Um, I think the first question really is, is this, you know, are we any closer to knowing what game plan we're, we're trying to play? I think there's been a few glimmers over the last two weeks, but it's still not clear to me. I, I, it's not clear, is it? Is it clear to you? No, I have no. Um, no, I don't think so. I think we always said that we expected the uh, the kind of pivac style of play to be quite open, expansive, and you know, look to play a bit of an offloading game. Essentially, we were expecting what we saw at the Scarlets. I can't remember um, an offload. I, I, that, that, that hit me yesterday. No, the, the, the only thing I can think of that was vaguely resembled an offload was when Nick Tompkins kind of wriggled his arm free. Got when, his hands up. Yeah, yeah, after Roman Poit called the, the world's quickest maul. Um, but almost all, almost all of this, this sort of, uh, in this competition then, if we can call it that, <laughs> I, I can't remember an offload. Oh, Shane Lewis Hughes had two. And... Um, yeah, I, I just yes, yeah, it's, it's just so odd, isn't it? Because the offloads were are, are obviously a thing of uh, you know, Pivac loves them as, as as all coaches do, don't they? They're, they're great, but there's so few of them. Well, like, yeah, like, again, we're, like we're saying, you know, I think that the the way the game is being played at the moment is very risk averse. But you know, you st- you would think when you're when you're trailing a game like we were against Ireland, 
that you try a few things and just look to look to get the ball out and try and catch defenses on the hop a little bit. And so I think that that might have something to do with it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know really, like we say, if we were expecting some kind of Scarlet style game plan, it hasn't really worked out that way. I would say that, you know, there's a couple of elements like yesterday, you didn't see a lot of, uh, we didn't commit many numbers to the ruck, particularly in the first half. Um, which is fine. And it, you know, it made the defence shore up a bit, but we also didn't look like we were going to turn much ball over. I don't know if you thought the same thing, which again, I think really is, is understandable because in that pack, I, I didn't really see, I did I, you know, I don't really see too many players who are, who are turnover specialists in there. There's a lot of players I like, but you know, Toby will win you the odd turnover, but he's not a fetcher. I don't think either of the flankers are out and out fetchers. I know both of them wear seven, but you know, and he's he's not bad over the ball, but he's certainly not what you'd call a um, a fetching seven. The second row is yeah. likewise. Um, and then, you know, and then into the front row. It's not like you had, you know, you had Dylan Lewis in the front row and you had, um, oh, I'm trying to think who would be a, you know, who would be a turnover specialist in the in the second row. But, you know, like he had Ty Byrne at the Scarlets. And then, you yeah. know, in the back row, he had, you know, even someone like Johnny Barkley was playing at eight. So he was able to turn ball over. Yeah, James Whereas, Davis. Yeah, James Davis, and then you know, I, I just think that if you're going to play that style, you're going to need you're going to you're going to need players who are able to to steal your ball. Um, didn't look didn't look like we had that. I know there's a lot of injuries, but I don't know. That was that was my that was my I, thought on it. Yeah, I think yeah with the yeah with the style, I think we're caught between we're caught between the way in which. Uh, like a couple of different, a couple of different styles, maybe three different styles, and it, it, we're not, we're not actually doing, doing any of them. I mean, if we look at the game yesterday, England didn't commit uh, very many tacklers at all, did they? Mm. So there, there was literally one, you know, one, one guy and two people, and that, that was it. So it was a, mentioned it earlier, but it was, it was really, we, we should have, we should have, um, we should have had that pick, uh, that pick and go going. We, we would have, they would have had to commit a lot more players. And then if we are going, if we are going to go wide, then we've sucked in a lot. We've sucked in a lot of their um, their heavy hitters because they're yeah. they're just they're all smiling in the backs, aren't they? Forwards lining in in, in amongst him with the backs, just literally lining up, ready to smash. So you just got to take that. You just got to take that away from them. And I think that's one of the most frustrating things of this this cup is that they're the teams we've played. I don't think any of them have been. Um, at the top of their game when they've played against us. No, I, I think thought, I thought been, England won that in you know, in third gear. Top. Yeah, they were yeah. they were comfortable. They never looked like losing it, but they were they were particular. They weren't great at all. And I just thought tactically, if we changed it up a little bit, we could have we could have made it a bit difficult for them. The fact that yeah, we didn't have fetches and things like that, and and how how close at times we got to being you know to doing fairly well in that game, just shows that well. We we could we could we could have done something more there, um, and so from a tactical perspective, I'm I am quite I'm quite uh, perplexed really by by what we're what we're not doing then, mm. and I think it's more of that what 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 we're not doing as opposed to what we are doing. Yeah, very interesting point. That the other thing I'd say, um, which brings us on to I suppose a a bit of a can of worms was the scoreline was close. And I think when you bear in mind, and, I, and I've got absolutely no um, 
no doubt that England were the better side yesterday. I wasn't impressed with Wales at all. I thought we were bang average again. And England didn't really need to break a sweat to beat us. But scoreline-wise, it was close. And there's no way that the, that first try for England should have counted because it's the most clear and obvious uh, tackle in the air you'll ever likely to see. Would love to get your thoughts on Roman Platt's refereeing yesterday. As I say, I'm not looking to use this as an excuse, but I'd be very keen to get your take on it. I thought it was a shocking game. I thought it was it was as bad as that. Yeah, he missed. How how on earth he missed that tackle in the air? I don't know because it's a tackle in the air, isn't it? You can't. You just you're not able to do that. No, you, so can, you can't do it. If you, ta- if you tackle, it doesn't in the really air, matter not, what. Doesn't know. matter if it's dangerous. Uh, no, you, that's the rule. You can't tackle in the air, and not missing and, it is one thing, Dan. To overrule the touch charge and say, no, no, it's fine. I saw it. Nothing in that. It's madness. You look at the TMOs are called in for the tiniest of things, you know, very fractional knock-ons that have taken place five phases before. Yet the TMO has called that one and he's happy to overrule it. I have no idea what's going through his head when he's done that. Absolutely no idea. And there was lots of decisions, to be fair, from from Poit that I I couldn't quite work out. How how that, Elliot Daly's uh, connection, you know, shoulder yeah. said how that's not a penalty at the very least is beyond me. Again, I don't think there's any malice there whatsoever. There would have been mitigating circumstances, but for it to be a line out is madness. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't think he was he wasn't looking to to, to take his head off. He was just looking to hit him hard, as 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 England were all all game. They what they they wanted a front up, didn't they? And 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 bully us. And yeah, it, but it was a penalty, wasn't it? Hmm. It was it was a penalty. Maybe a little bit more, but it was a penalty. And and then uh, there was a scrummaging. I thought was a bit of a lottery. Uh, I think there yeah, was that was a few that a few that Samson Lee could quite rightly feel a a little bit aggrieved at. But I couldn't work out the scrums, what was going on. I thought they 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 lost a few, you know, they were hard done by on a few occasions, uh, and then and we were as well. I thought when we when we won, you know, we won a, we should have won a few scrum pens. England got the got awarded them, and vice mm. versa. I, I I did I don't think he knew what was going on there there in, in the in the scrum, and it made for again that that had an impact on the spectacle, didn't it? And because both sides weren't able to build from those. But I was really looking forward to that scrum battle, and when we did have some 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 proper scrums, then if we can call it that, they were, you know, they, we 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 did we did all right, didn't we? I think Flatman said this on commentary that it was it wasn't that Wales were getting smashed up, and that you know that uh, the Sinclair had got underneath Win Jones or or anything like that. It was just the fact that you didn't get to a scrum because there were lots of infringements before the ball got put in. So yeah, it's you know kind of the worst of the worst of both worlds, really. And then yeah, those technical with, penalties. Yeah, linked with scrummaging and with Roman Poitz. Uh, there's footage doing the rounds of uh, what some are suggesting is Ellis Genge headbutting Tom Francis. Have you seen that? Have you got an opinion on that, Ben? I have. Yeah, I've looked at a lot of different clips of that. It it is. It's difficult, isn't it, to see? It doesn't look good. There's mm. no two ways about it. It doesn't look great at all. Uh, but uh, it's too difficult to actually know, isn't it? What 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 exactly is going on? I mean, some people have have said that was he was he pushed? I don't think he was. Mm. His foot. He's come off the floor. 
hasn't he? Mm. He's come off his off his knees and he's he's then propelling himself forward. But if you you know if you're looking to have a little go at someone, you're gonna you're gonna go forward. So your head's gonna come forward, your neck, everything's coming forward into it. But it does it I, I don't know, it doesn't look great, does it, at all? And Francis's reaction, you know, he flicks it, he, he literally fold, you know, flips him right round, doesn't he, and gets yeah. on top of him. And you don't often see Tom Francis being not not too many things get to him really. I I I'd like to see a few more things, you know, him really sort of, you know, sort of be a bit more uh, a bit more up for it in the front row at times. But he was he was riled by whatever happened there, wasn't he? Yeah, I don't. I'm not. I'm I'm not sure on intent, but I agree that the angles I've seen it doesn't it doesn't look great. Um, but anyway, you know, again, I think it's, it's just easy. It's easy, isn't it? To I don't want to be, you know, a sort of you know Welsh fan saying, "Oh, it's an apps, you know, it's an outright head." But it doesn't look great. But who knows what's going on? Um, what's going on in there? Right. Let's get stuck into the big question, Dan. This one is from Jamie Phillips. Seven defeats in nine games, with the only wins coming over Italy and Georgia. Yet Wayne Pivak insists Wales are heading in the right direction. Is he right? Discuss. I would I'd say he's not right at the moment. There, we, because we're not able to see really, are we? What what the game plan is, and we've said it a few times. I think that if the if we can if we can identify the game plan, then we can we can we can say okay, we're on the we're on the right path. I mean, what has happened is that the physicality as up, doesn't it? We look as if we're, we're, we're in games now, you know, we, we want to be there. Yeah. But I, I know, I, I know a lot of people, I have uh, not a lot. I mean, things can tend to, to get blown up in Wales after a defeat or a victory. Right. And I think that yesterday was an improved performance in terms of fronting up, but I would say that's kind of like entry level international rugby physicality. It's not like we, we dominated the pack. They fronted up well, but you should front up in every game. You know, that's, the, that's a prereq. It's, um, it's not something that, you know, I think you need to, the, you know, we need to, we need to say, oh, that's, that's a massive step in the right direction. It's like, we, we should have been playing like that in every game, really, shouldn't we? But that's how far, yeah, that's, that's, that's what the state of where it's been, isn't it? Because we yeah, went so far backwards that we're then seeing a positive in, in, the, in the players being being not being bullied and being physical enough and up for it because we just that that is a step forward but I don't think that can be a step forward in terms of from a from a from from the head coach the the main guy saying we're moving in the right direction that yeah is that what you're saying that the physicality side of it that just can't even come into the equation really can it it's like you know the, the heading in the right direction thing is if you created you know you created a load of opportunities and you weren't able to finish them just because, you know, one offload didn't go to hand or, you know, there was a little bit of fine margins didn't quite go your way to say we're heading in the right direction because the pack put in a, a decent performance in terms of, in terms of fronting up yet at the same time, didn't turn any ball over. I, I mean, I, 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 I thought it was really average from Wales yesterday, which shows that it shows that they've been beyond below average for the weeks before that. So, I mean, I, I, I don't know if, uh, if I'm the only one thinking this, but that was, yeah, it was, there was nothing really to write home about. I would say that, yes, it was better than the other performances and their best performance of the autumn, 
but it's not really I didn't really see a great deal in there to suggest that that great times are around the corner I still think they're going to have to find a hell of a lot more to to even compete with the likes of uh, England and Ireland and France uh, and you know and, and Scotland obviously you know they they beat us in the, in the Six Nations as well so yeah I I don't see anything in it to suggest we're heading in the right direction at the moment. I think also heading in the right direction would mean that we we'd have a, a better understanding of of, of combinations, what what mm. the best side is as well. This and I would say the, yeah. we, we 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 probably come out of this really um, in a worse position again because we don't we don't we don't know what's going on in well in a good number of positions really. Do you know what? That's a great point, Dan. And there's a question coming. Um, in the last few minutes, which is from Warren, for the Six Nations, do, we, do Wales need to settle on a half-back pair to take them to the World Cup? If so, who? And with Reese Webb soon to turn 32, should he be left out moving forward? This is a really interesting point because I think you're absolutely right to talk about selection there. It's one thing experimenting with stuff, but I, I still don't think he has any idea what his best 15 is. And... Uh, the 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 absolute heart of that is the halfbacks. It should have been when he took over a real point of strength, particularly at nine, to be able to say we've got Thomas Williams, you know, an up and coming, really exciting prospect. Reese Webb is back, uh, and we've got Gareth Davis, who's been doing a fantastic job here for the last few years. Then you throw into the mix, you know, Kieran Harley and Lloyd Williams, etc. But we've ended up using what five or six, uh, five or five, I think, scrum halves throughout the throughout the course of the whole season and no one's getting a run you know he's chopping from one to the other one to the other one to the other and as a result I don't think anyone has really had a proper opportunity to make that shirt their own and I don't know that to me is whereas you know whereas at Hooker he's stuck with Elias who actually I think I thought again his darts weren't good yesterday but I thought he'd he'd put in a lot um, a lot of work tackling wise but at Hooker, he stuck with Elias the whole time saying, no, he's the guy, he's the right guy for me. Whereas it's much more important to get your selection at nine right because so much of it depends on it, particularly when you're looking at the style of play that you're trying to, uh, that you're trying to get aside to, uh, to go out and deliver. Yeah, I'd agree. And he, the, the nine has been a real issue for us and it's such a, such a key position, isn't it? He needs to, he needs to work out who who he sees as the nine going forward and, and, and give them a run of games. And even if they, you know, they don't play particularly well, I think he's going to have to back and say, and, and say, look, that's the nine that I, I know can fit in with the way in which I want to go. And he's got the shirt. Um, but at the moment, because we've got all the nines do offer something a little bit different, which is the case with all nines, isn't it? Every, you know, England have got the same thing. They have their, all their nines offer something different, but they know what nine they want at, at the moment for the game plan they're, they're, they're going down. But we, we're chopping and chasing so much, and I think that's, that, is, that basically shows that we don't know, we don't know what, uh, what real game plan you know, we, we, we want to do because the nines, the nines are absolutely key to that, aren't they? Yeah, they are. And that's the, I don't know, that's the, that's the real, the real thing. And I've said this before and, you know, we've, we've spoken about this before, but selection is so much what you're judged on at international level. I, I spoke in the week with, uh, with our mate Ben Pegner, who, um, uh, you know, did a lot of, a lot of coaching around the world and, 
um, you know, and he, he reminded me of this. He said, you know, if you listen to the Clive Woodwards and the and the Jake Whites, they say that that's what being an international head coach is. You get so little time with the players that actually it's all on selection. That's the thing that that you get um, that you get judged on, and based on his selection so far, particularly at halfback, it's been confused at best, hasn't it? You know, you think at some point um, he'd have he'd have settled on a nine. And that should have happened either in the Six Nations or during um, or, or during the Autumn Nations Cup, and it just hasn't. And that, to me, yeah. is you know they're they're the big decisions that you've that you've got to get right. I think um, with the Pivax the Pivax style as well, which which we're we're trying to we're trying to get into the you know into the Welsh setter. I think with with a Gatland style, you can you can chop and change the nines a lot a lot um, easier. But with his way, it's a hard, it's a harder way of doing it uh, because there's more, there's more, go, there's more going on in different parts of the park. So I think it just, it just further adds to the confusion. So it's a good point. It's a good point you made. We, we need to stick with, I think it would be, a, it'd be good to actually stick with one, well, two nines, wouldn't it at the moment, as opposed to, you know, as, as you know, looking through four, five and six nines and, and, and building it from there. Yeah, no, like, I think you're absolutely right, and it's a it's a real pivotal point. If you were to look at um, to look at selecting halfbacks, Dan, who would who would you be looking towards with a view to building towards a World Cup? Well, I think we need to see more from from Hardy. We haven't seen hardly any hardly any of him, but if they they picked, you know, because it's got to come away a little bit from ourselves, isn't it? And look at the. You know who Pivak has picked, and he's picked he picked Kieran Hardy, didn't he? He was in the squad, and he's had he's had a small amount of game time. I thought the, the the game time he has had, which is obviously very limited, he did okay. So he's he's got to be given given more time to see how to see how he fares up. And if 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 Pivak's picked him, he thinks that he can he can do the he can do the job for him as the nine that they're looking for. I think Webb at the moment he doesn't look right for me. I think he's he's carrying something. That's all I can think of. And if he if he was able to get back to to where he is, I do agree with you that he's our he's our best nine in terms of what he offers because it's a different it's a very different threat, isn't it? I love the way he holds the he holds the ball and just offers a real threat around the base. Gareth, obviously, the way in which he's led our defence is being used is going to you know, that's that's nullify. It's going to be you mm. have to use him in a different way now. So. I wonder whether that's probably going to go against him. And Thomas Williams, you're a huge fan, aren't you? Yeah, that's what I like. It's, it's what I like in a nine. Um, you know, again, you know, the the theme of the show is uh, seems to be all around around kicking, and you know, perhaps his his natural ball skills and ability to ability to look to to take people on maybe lends itself to to coming off the bench a bit more in a in an era of in an era of kicking, but. I mean, he's he's my kind of nine, Dan. I think his you know his first instinct is to to attack and and keep defenses honest, and um, you know, and that's that. I think is he's got all the attributes to do that at international level. And I think if 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 I was asking, you know, if you're asking me who I'd be looking at um, and trying to give a run at in that nine shirt with a view towards the World Cup, it's him. I wouldn't be abandoning Reese Webb yet. 
as you know, I'm you know if I'm a big fan of Thomas Williams, I'm an even bigger fan of Reese Webb, and I, again I thought he made a big contribution off the bench yesterday. Actually, I, I know what you mean. It's not that it's not the same Reese Webb yet, but all the more reason to have given him some game time. You know, either there's no point having Reese knocking around the squad. You know, either have him playing for the Ospreys and say, look, Reese, you've not played a lot over the last couple of years. You need to go and play for the Ospreys. Concentrate on that, and then we'll look at you for Six Nations selection. Right. That's if they'd have done that, then I think that's one thing. Or they'd have picked him and said, Right, you're the nine for the autumn. Go out there, show us that you're the Reese Webb of old. And if he doesn't do it, then okay, then you know then you know. But to have him knocking knocking around ten minutes here, five minutes there, that I find really, really odd. And again, it's you know, it's it's this kind of this lack of conviction around around selection. So that's a game where we're yeah, we've got more 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 questions and answers, haven't we, mm. on the on the on the on the squad? Who's going to work? You know, who who should be playing in what positions? Because you know we we could throw this same. You know, we could be talking about the centres here as well, couldn't we? The back row, mm. you know, the front the front row. I think we've now settled on that. But there's a lot of a lot of questions over the you know back three as well. There's there's a lot that I would have liked to have seen come out of this this tournament that, that mm. hasn't come out and we're going to have to go back to the drawing board again and almost start a game with who plays where. Yeah, I, I agree with, I agree with all of that. Right. Still got a few questions to get through Dan. Then of course, we're going to get your thoughts on the team that should play Italy. This one is from Patrick. Given that Byron Hayward has already been jettisoned, should Humphreys not also come under scrutiny? Our forwards have regularly been second best in the set piece and at the breakdown. This in turn, obviously, uh, adversely affecting what attacking formations Jones and Pivak have in mind. I think it's a fair point. Forwards have been, have been at the races, have they? At all. Been out-muscled, out-gunned regularly. And we don't look like a, a cohesive sort of forward unit, do we? Set-piece has been has been poor as well. We don't know who's making those selections, but obviously forwards coach has got to be massively involved in that. I mean, surely, you know, that's... I don't know. I don't know. I think you and I have a different opinion on this. I just think that, yes, of course, you take into my, you know, you take into consideration what the... And it is treated as a panel, but ultimately this has got to be Pivak's decision, right? This is his... He's the one who carries the can for selection, whether in the forwards or in the backs. And, you know, I think he'll, you know, he will... It will take into consideration what John Humphrey says, but in terms of selection, Pivak carries the can for it. But in terms of getting them ready, that's where I think that Humphreys will will come under scrutiny. Yeah, I think I think some I think it depends on the on the head coach, doesn't it? That some take more of a lead in and let the you know let the specialist coaches not influence things, but they do t- they have to take a lot of what they're seeing uh, you know in training and who they want to work with. And they'll also push you know, the forwards coaches will push who they mm. who they want to see more of in training, who's going well, why they want that combination. And so they're they're influencing things, then aren't they? Even if they're not making that that ultimate decision at the end. It's yeah, being no, led that way. That. So and I think you know we've got to look at those we've we've got to link look at Humphreys as well with those with those selections. Uh, well certainly from our seats anyway where we're sitting we don't know do we but mm. that's got to be linked to it and yeah the the the, the pressure you know the pressure's on on Humphreys I think you can kind of see it can't you when you when the 
you know, when the cameras scan around and, and see him in the stadium, he doesn't he doesn't look particularly particularly happy. And I suppose why would he with the way the way in which we're going at the moment? But I think there's a lot of pressure on Humphreys now at the moment, and you can't really argue against it because of how the how the pack have have not performed really. There is pressure on him, but I don't envisage a scenario where he will go and the rest of the coaching staff won't. I think if he goes, if he goes, um, and you've already got rid of Hayward, then that's essentially Pivot writing his own his own resignation letter. I just can't I can't see a scenario where that's going to happen. I think if Humphreys goes, it'll be with the rest of the staff. You know, and there might be a couple of people who'd hang around with that. You know, I can see I could see Stephen Jones being in and around the squad. Um, even if Pivak were to go, likewise, you know, we know that Jenks has been there for a long time. But I don't see a scenario where Humphreys goes and it's not alongside Pivak. What do you think on the attack? So we haven't seen, I haven't seen, seen a great deal there. Like, uh, Stephen Jones, Stephen jo- any 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 um, question marks there or not? Um, I think, look, if we'd have had a platform realistically throughout the autumn, then I think you could judge it based on that. But we haven't. And I mean, look, I, no, I, I don't think so. I think, I, I think everything is stemming from the fact that we don't have a game plan. The players don't look particularly happy. Uh, they don't look hugely... Um, in control of where they're supposed to be a lot of the time, they're not playing well and selections all over the shop. That, that, that's where the problem is, I think, fundamentally. That's, that's so we're saying that game plan, because the game plan, if the game plan's wrong, it'll make the individual specialist coaches look poor, won't it? Because mm. they're not able to, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, it has to be joined up, doesn't it? And it yeah, has to exactly. work for both parties. And it looks like the forwards... So I, I know the England game was a little bit different, to be fair, because it was so stop-start. Hmm. It's a bit difficult. We almost got to take that game out. But it looks like the forwards are really pissed off with the backs, and the hmm. backs are really pissed off with the forwards. That's how it actually looks, doesn't it? We've all and played it, it. We've all played in teams like that, haven't we? Over the years, where you know the backs are frustrated because the forwards are taking a pummel in, or the forwards have played well and the backs aren't doing anything with it. We've all been in sides like that when you you know when you're under thirteens or whatever, but. Um, it's no, it's, no, it's no good. You know, you can't, you can't ever expect to compete if that's the mindset at international level. And they're things that have got to be addressed. And again, I think, I think ultimately all of these things stem from their head coach, don't they? Because you're the one giving the direction. You're the one picking the players. Yeah, you're I the think one they instilling do, really. that, instilling the yeah. game plan into people. I think all of that stems yeah. from the head coach. If you can't get that game plan into the, you know, into the senior team leaders and then it filtered down through the rest of the players then that game plan that game plan isn't gonna is is never going to be implemented because your team aren't gonna aren't gonna back you and if they have they have to back you otherwise it's not going to work it just seems like it's not being they're not on the same page or they're not wanting to go along with that mm-hmm. again it's difficult is it because we're not in there but it does it does seem like that doesn't it you can kind of you can almost sort of read it through the through the uh through the tv yeah no it just, no, no, it just no, looks no, that way to me okay right a couple of last questions to finish on dan this one is from asa joseph 
Where do we go from here? There are a few green shoots in this team, but overall, the performance level is unsustainably bad. What can Pivac do to arrest the slide? That's a great one, isn't it? Where do we go from here? I'm just going to answer it with, I don't really don't know. <laughs> uh, what was that last bit? What, does Pivac... what can Pivac do to arrest the slide? I think they've got to have a really good look at, you know, look at themselves now after the, you know, after this campaign and, and look at what they're, what they're trying to do and, and is it going to work? And if, you know, if, if it isn't, if it isn't going to work the way in which they want to play, they're, they're going to have to do one or two things, aren't they? Either, either change themselves in terms of the game plan that they want to go down or, or change the, change the players change the players that they've gone for. That's not, I'm not saying that's the, that's the thing that I would do, but if they can't get the, if they can't get the players to buy into or play the game plan that, that Pivak wants to play, then he'll have to make changes, but I can't see where he can go to with that. Mm. So it's, you know, basically it, it doesn't, it doesn't bode well. No, it doesn't. I mean, ultimately I think, we we have been we have been in these scenarios in the past, right? I think if you look back at Hansen's reign, you know we were playing some very poor rugby, getting some terrible results, and then things just seemed to click, didn't they? They in that one game in two thousand and three, um, and we made some steps forward from there. I mean, if I'm honest, I was never massively enamoured with Hansen, um, but you know that was something where he was under incredible pressure, and then things just suddenly clicked during that World Cup campaign. And at least there was, there was a style of play and it reignited some love within, within the Welsh public, which it feels, like, it feels like a similar scenario to that. My, the comparison that I, that I constantly draw it back to is it feels like it's Gareth Jenkins' era over again for me. And it feels like it's very, very disjointed and that there's not the the clear vision, the clear direction of how players want to play, uh, sorry, of how the coach wants the players to play. And it's, you know, what can he do to arrest the slide? You need, yes, performances, but you just, you need to start getting results. It's credit in the bank. And yeah. Gatland, Gatland had that right. And Gatland had it from minute one because he came with a load of trophies behind him. So he had credit in the bank. And Pivak doesn't have that. He's, you know, he's got, yes, he got, you know, he did a very good job at the Scarlets, but that's, that. he's used up all that credit, right? That's gone. And he's heavily in his overdraft now. He needs to start getting some wins. And I just don't, I don't see where that's coming from. Um, and he's not going to have much time with the players ahead of, uh, ahead of the Six Nations. So, you know, unless things have improved and we've not just seen it on the, on the park yet, I don't know. I can't, I can't really see how uh, how he's going to address that before the start of the Six Nations. No, they're going to have to have a good good hard look at it, aren't they? And I think wins are yeah. Every every game now is is needs needs to be a win, doesn't it? Uh, that's that's absolutely key. And I don't know. Maybe they're able to to change, and they need to do a lot of analysis and a lot of analysis over the over these games and just maybe break down this game plan they're trying to do and make it make it more simple so it can still be more elaborate than the way in which Warren wanted to play but don't don't take it too far to you know too far too quickly 
Well, I don't and, think there's any danger of that, is there? Like, it's not like it's not like we're losing because we're throwing massive, you know, massive intercept passes or we're trying loads of offloads. Like, we're losing because no, we're, but we we're, don't know we're what. failing to do very simple things. But they could. But it could be, you know, they're gonna. It can be quite technical behind the scenes, kind of the way in which they want to play in 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 this area, this pod, this pod system. That, yeah, that. that's true. And, and so it can be if you give if you give people too too much, they can. You know, they're not. It's not like they're a, a club side either, is it? They don't actually. You know, we've got loads of players that have never played together. A lot of players have haven't had a huge amount of senior. You know senior rugby in there as well if they so if the if the systems are too are too difficult to um to sort of to implement really and you haven't got the combinations in there as well then it can just fall it can just fall down and so i think we've really got to go back to to basics haven't we really and that's that's it, it often comes back to this doesn't it we've got to be hugely physical We've got to make sure we get the selections as, as right as they possibly can do because a lot of the selections over this campaign have been poor. They've been the wrong call after wrong call. Mm. And we'll be more competitive if we get them right. I'm not saying we're going to win, but we'll get we'll be more competitive. We've then got to we've then got to vary up our tactics to a degree and and then and then look at who we who we want to build the you know build the side around and and st- again stick with you know stick with a few um stick with a few combinations we've only stuck with with one combination really um but apart from that we've 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 mixed and meddled haven't we on top of that we have got some you know so we've obviously massively missed navidi haven't we but i think we haven't we certainly haven't helped ourselves over this uh this tournament and there's a lot that can be done very very quickly quick fixes just to just to put ourselves into a better position but uh, whether or not that that's the answer, I I I don't know. All right, last question. This one is from Richard Needs, uh, who starts by pointing out he always misses because uh, <laughs> he's in Australia. He always misses the tweet that I send out asking for questions. So he got this one in early. Uh, do you think Wales should dump everyone over uh, everyone over the age of thirty one uh, in terms of building for the World Cup? If so, we have to give Pivac time and accept the poor results in the meantime. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I don't think we need to really. I think you need a mix of of experience of, of of old heads around around some of the younger guys. And I am what I am quite excited about is we've got we've got talent. We've got talent in Wales. If you look at the players that aren't involved in the in the Welsh setup at the moment, there's lots of them, aren't there? And a lot of people would probably say, you know, you know, a number of the, the players that aren't involved could you know could or should be involved. So there's a lot of there's a lot of good players. Um, but they're gonna the, the younger guys are gonna need you know need the likes of the older the older experienced boys around. I mean, Alan Wynn Jones was questioned, wasn't he? And I thought he had a, I thought he had a big game. I thought he yeah, had a I good did. game. He was he was you know he, there was nothing sort of spectacular, but he was everywhere in every, in, in, in into everything. Huge work rate, and and it's exactly what you know what we needed. So uh, no, I do think we need some of the older heads the older heads to be around mixed in with mixed in with some of the youth and I think that's how we're going to get the wins I I, I don't I actually think that we'd end up probably in a worse place if we decided to move out you know Alan Wynn Jones for instance and well jo- you know Jonathan um Jonathan in, in the in the center I think there's a lot that he can 
he can bring to a squad in terms of that defensive role that he's got. Uh, and from being on the park as well, helping helping the back three out. I thought Zamit had, you know, he, he played well, didn't he? I thought defensively he made some great reads. Um, yeah, I know, think he was like, you know, his, uh, his tackle rate was... It was he only made like thirteen or fourteen tackles in there. So um yeah, he got through he got through a lot of work. And when he did get the ball in hand, you know, you just saw you know, you just saw that absolute rapid pace that we want to see more of. And uh, Yeah, he looked fright he, he looked frightening, didn't he? When as soon as you got the ball, that was when you thought, Gee, hang on, you know, we, we just we just gotta get more of it. We that's we haven't touched on this, have we? But we didn't get him into the game. No. Um and I think again yeah, is he the type of guy that you want in the in the narrow channels? You'd say no. You want him on the outside. But if we can bring, if we were to bring Adams into that tight game, he loves mm. the physicality. He'd you know he loves smashing into them. He all, he, you know he wants to beat England as as every Welsh person does. But he, he particularly loves that. He's played played a lot of a lot of rugby over the bridge. They they all have a little pop at him as well, and then it creates space on the outside for the likes of Sam. I. The, the game for me was quite disappointing in that we didn't see we had some we had some players on the park there that could do some damage, mm. but we just didn't we just didn't get uh, didn't get to see them, did we? But I thought you know overall it was a pretty um, you know a, 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 you know an all right performance really. Um, right, let us finish then, Dan, by getting your thoughts on what you do for next week. Uh, what we've we've spoken a lot about selection. I mean, this is essentially a shot to nothing. Italy, you know, have I mean, they've not, not really torn up any trees during this uh, during this awesome campaign. You know, fairly spirited against England in the Six Nations, but and you know, again, spirited spirited yesterday, but ultimately lost quite comprehensively to a France B team. So you'd think that it's it should be a it should be a shot to nothing. You know, is this a question of resting of resting players, or is this actually one to say right? If this was the first game of the Six Nations, which side would I pick and get them to go out there and um, and, and play well, or is it a mix and match? No, I I would do exactly what you said that that first time round. So we we need to treat this mentally as if this is a huge game. It's a must win game, and that, which I think it is. I think well, we got it. We, yeah. we we have to win it, and we need to pick our. We need to pick our, our our stronger squad and and gain some you know get some continuity in. So when we do make the changes, it's uh, you know we're, we're changing one or two players, but the systems are still the same. Everyone knows what they're doing, and we actually we actually look look to build a team then at the moment as a as a spoke as a, as opposed to a, a sort of squad you know squad of players. But then we don't quite know who who, who you know who's going to play and who, who's not. So. I would go largely with a lot of the a lot of the same players who were involved um, against England, Jess. Mm. Really, uh, but I'd make a I'd make a couple of changes. I'd make a change at two. Go on. Yeah, so I'd start. I'd start Elliot D. Mm-hmm. And I'd have I'd have Parry on the on the bench. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I uh, I'd keep. I'd keep the pack then the same. Okay. I thought Falatau as well, just to point out, I thought he had a brilliant he game. He had a very good game, didn't he? Yeah. Very, very good game. Yeah. Yeah. This, this, is, uh, this is it, actually, to go back to that point of kind of abandoning players over 31. Not that he is, but 
you know, I think the temptation is to look at it and say, oh, well, Toby, you know, he, he's not performed. He's not going to get back to his best. Jonathan Davis hasn't looked himself. Reese Webb hasn't looked himself. Oh, Alan Jones is 35. It's like everyone looks shit in a shit team, don't you? Um, and so, yeah, it's yeah. easy to look poor, isn't it? It is, it's yeah. And, and obviously, like not being in the side, your stock rises. You know, I think we, we genuinely have massively missed Josh Navidi. But if Josh Navidi had played in all of these games, we wouldn't have necessarily won them. Um, and he, he might have played very well as he, you know, as he more often than not does. But it's, uh, you know, your stock always rises when you're not in a poor team, doesn't it? So, yeah, yeah th- I wouldn't be writing off a lot of these players. No, there's a lot that these guys can offer. I mean, you could see, you could see Falatel being world-class there yesterday, couldn't you? Mm. He, he made it difficult for, for England and he was a real point of difference for us. There was a lot of sort of, uh, you know, hard work and, and work rate on the park from the back row. But then you saw the absolute class from Falatau that, you know, was just, was only going to come from him. Yeah. You know, I think it was right that we talked about him. He could have been dropped earlier, couldn't no. he? But, but I'm not talking well, about dropping him from the, from yeah. the whole setup. No, no, I know that. But what, while we're talking about, while we're talking about the back row, um, are you just going with that six, seven combination because there's no one else fit? I mean, that's not... Yeah that's not the six, seven that you'd be picking in the six nations. If ever, if, you know, if you've got more players back from, again, to oh, no. this, I like both those players. I, I'm a big fan of both of them. I think they're excellent, but they're not, you know, that is not that six, seven combination is not international ready yet. And I'm not convinced that there's the balance between, between that back row as a whole. And um, I think, yeah, I'd say there's not the balance is, uh, I'd agree with you. Yeah. They, there's not, it's not the right balance, but if, if, if no one out, if no one's fit, then you stick it. Yeah, stick with it. Yeah, if no one, if no one's fit, yeah. But I think we've got a really exciting back row, haven't we? <laughs> to, oh yeah, when know. people when people are fit, you know, there's a you know, there's a lot of players to come back in there. Tipperary, Navidi, Moriarty, etc. Then you know, you, you'd hope at some point we, we get to see Ellis Jenkins and maybe Ollie Griffiths. You know, there's lo- there are loads of options. It just Horribly, everyone seems to be injured at the moment. But it's, uh, you know, and obviously you've got Josh McLeod who was in the squad to start with, who's injured as well. But anyway, there we go. Let's let's get that. Let's get your thoughts on the backs quickly before we wrap up. Yeah, so I'd into for for the Italy game, I'd like to see Kieran Hardy at nine. Okay. I would go with Bigger at 10. Yeah. Yeah, I think John. I think Johnny Williams had a really, really good game. Put some massive hits in. Yeah, I thought he was very good. I was very impressed actually. Some good carries. Just looked really assured, didn't he? Really comfortable. Yeah. So th- thirteen, I. It's not quite working for me. I don't think Tompkins is a thirteen. I think he's a twelve. But w- what would you do at thirteen? What next week? Um, yeah, I probably if is John Fox fit? Will he be fit? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if he's fit, he's in, isn't he? I think so. And that would be lovely to see Johnny Williams and yeah, that would be yeah, that John would be Fox the combination. Together. That would be the combination I'd go for if uh, if John Fox is fit. I it's mean, otherwise, otherwise, what what if, option is there? It's you know you've got um, yeah. Do, do you want Watkin at, at thirteen? Um. I'm not sure that Watkin and Williams would be the would be the right choice. Um, I think, yeah, I think ideally it would be Williams and Fox. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see. That's the combination I'd like to see. I think Tompkins is. Uh, 
has shown yes, it's not, it's not, it's not working, working from at thirteen. Very, very difficult, difficult player to read, isn't he? He is, um, and you do get the feeling that sometimes his legs don't know what what they're going to do. But that, but that also is is the opportunity sometimes. Um, I, you know, I say I, I'm a I'm a big fan of Tompkins. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be throwing him away, but I would be considering him as a twelve. But I don't think you can drop Johnny Williams based on yesterday's performance. I thought he was very impressive. Yeah, I thought I thought he had a good game, and I think Tompkins, you know, maybe, you know, maybe for the time being, you know, best position is is the, is the bench, and you know, a, a real sort of live wire, and, and you know, there's no doubt he can create something. Can he? he's very very strong, it, deceptively strong actually it, mm. for, for for the size of him, and um, yeah, he's got he's got that ability to beat to beat a man, isn't he? Which if you look at our back line, it, it, we haven't got too many that can beat people on a sixpence, have we? But he he can so. Um, but the centre partnership for me in this game it hasn't quite worked. We're, we're, it doesn't. It's not quite gelling at the moment. But something to work on. Okay. I'd, Zamit, I want to. I can't wait to see more of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh Adams. Yeah, yeah. Just want to see him getting more on the ball. I think he could cause the pair of those two against Italy could, could cause some serious damage if we can bring him into the midfield. Just please, can we see that? And half penny, half penny for me at uh, at full back is uh, is the main man. But I know a lot of people would go with uh, Liam Williams. Yeah, I think I'd I think I'd stick with half penny as well. I, yeah, I'd, I'd I'd go the the same back three you've you've gone for there. Lots of lots of pace out wide. Just got to get them into the game a bit more. Yeah, I think a lot of it can can be. We can see a very very different back line if we can just bring the you know bring the wingers into the into the game more because we've got two you know those two those two wingers there would I'm not going to say they'd walk into the other sides but they they'd certainly be there or thereabouts wouldn't they mm-hmm. you know you'd you'd have to have a really good look at them you know even 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 the English wingers you know you'd, they'd have a, they'd have a look at Josh Adams and, and Zamet we know that so we just got it. We have to get them more on the ball. It's really, really important. I think. No, absolutely agree with you, Dan. Right. Well, that is it for another week. Uh, we will be back next week after the uh, after the Italy game, and of course, we'll uh, uh, we'll be we'll be back the week after that as well. Uh, so, yeah, big thanks to everyone who has been listening. Big thanks, as always, to our sponsors uh, at So Coffee Trades. If you want to get your hands on some great quality coffee, you can do that at socoffeetrades.co.uk. Uh, Jeff, I've got another big thanks. <laughs> Go on. <laughs> big thanks to the Guardian. And yeah, Paul Reese. That, that was going to be my. That was going to be my last one. Was it? No, it was, come yeah. on. It was. It was. No, it was nice. It was. Uh, yeah, very nice to be uh, to be featured in there. And um, yeah, you know, Paul's been on the show a couple of times. He's a fantastic journalist, and you know, he's so clued up when it comes to the bigger picture things. And uh, it was very nice to be asked for um, for a bit of an opinion. And um, I think you know, he specifically came to us because of uh, the fact that we've got you know that we that we deal with a lot of fan opinion on a weekly basis. So um, that was a good way to get um, you know to get some to get some fan opinion in there rather than you know, just that of a, of an ex-player or something. So no, it was very nice to be featured on the Guardian. If you want to read it, uh, you can have a, have a look at our Twitter account and you can, um, you can see the link on there. <laughs> is that it, is it? Yeah, that, that, was, a, that was a great ending there. Perfect. Perfect. 
Social Podcast Network.